this portion is part of a larger portion called Acharemot, in which God begins to reveal himself to the children of Israel and his standards for holiness. We look at this portion already once this year, but we look at it again at Yom Kippur for several reasons. This is an ancient ceremony that, for most part, we may not understand or even have any idea why God would have had Aaron do. Aaron is first to bring a young bull and a ram, a young bull specifically for his sin and for the sin of all the priests and all the people that serve in the sanctuary. And then he brings a ram for a burnt offering. He brings also two goats that are to be, one is to be picked for the sin offering and the other one will be the scapegoat. And he also brings a ram for the burnt offering. Now, you might think, why is he talking about the ram? That doesn't seem that important. But usually the burnt offerings were done as praise to the Lord upon completion of the sin being atoned for. So Aaron took this blood and he took coals and he bathed himself and he changed his garments. And we have lots of different things happening in this portion that are very much kind of gross at at the least, but they take away sin for the best. And it's kind of something that's hard to get our arms around or our thoughts around. But as Rabbi Haim has sometimes said, it might be put better this way on Yom Kippur. Sin tried to get us because of our own self sometimes. God saved us and we don't eat. That might be the simplest way to sum up what Yom Kippur is all about. A little different twist on that idea. But for the most part, Yom Kippur is a serious time. The portion that, the portion that I've chose to read from is an interesting part because it sums up all of Yom Kippur from the day you're supposed to worship on it to who's supposed to give the sacrifices to why they're to be given to the whole idea of what it means to afflict your souls, to the part of how both every part, these particular parts, the tent of meeting, the holiest place, the altar, the priests, and all of Israel is to receive atonement on this day. Each one of these has a specific reason for why they're to receive atonement. I'll focus just on one, the altar. The altar was something that everyone had a part in. At some point, if you lived in ancient times, you brought your sacrifice. And Yeshua touches on this in the New Testament. He says, but if you see your brother in which you have an offense before you go to offer your gift, make things right with your brother. If you're still trying to understand what atonement is all about, and I know for a lot of people, atonement's a word that's hard to understand but it simply means to be reconciled. It means someone coming back into right relationship. And it's a very important concept because at some point during our life, we do make some kind of mistake, whether it's unintentional or even sometimes, God forbid, intentional that separates us from the Lord. Therefore, we always need that reconciliation. We always need that restoration. Maybe you've experienced that in the big way. The big reconciliation is salvation with God. And in turn, when you become saved, you take upon yourself this ministry of reconciliation in which you become 
God's tool for bringing the good news to others. Yeshua best put it this way. Blessed are the peacemakers. This is the word reconcilers. The Greek word is irenopos. For they shall be called the children of God. What did the children specifically do? Well, God's child, Yeshua HaMashiach, he came so that there would be atonement for all. He laid down his life so that others would have a way to be reconciled back to the Lord. Throughout the portion, it's told, it tells us a couple times, if not three, that this will be a permanent ordinance and that we're to continually afflict our souls. Now, afflicting your soul, does that mean you get an imaginary pick and start poking your soul? I mean, that's kind of a hard thing to know what it means. A lot of people have taken this to mean that we fast, and that does seem appropriate according to the way this is used in other passages of Scripture. But what it really means to me specifically, and what I hope it means to you, because when we sometimes fast, the one thing we keep thinking about is food. When will I eat? Why is my stomach making that noise? And sometimes it may not be that easy to fast. And so what might that look like if we are to afflict our souls? What it really means to me is to show restraint. We all have appetites for things, and it's not just food. Maybe we like to get on the internet and Facebook people. Maybe we like to be in our car driving here and there. Maybe we like to go and do what we like to do. And why do we do it? Because we can. Sometimes showing restraint is the greatest form of being able to really afflict your soul. It's the self-discipline. It's not something at times we can only do in and of ourselves. We need the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, working in our lives to bring about that restraint. Just as Paul said, not all things are permitted. Well, they might be permitted, but are they all beneficial? And so therefore, restraint was seen as something that was practiced and done. So I hope during this Yom Kippur, if you are fasting, that God will bless you. But if you're not fasting, I hope that you would show restraint. Don't do the normal things you like to do. Don't do the normal things you want to do. That can be an effort of really what it means to afflict your soul. Once again, this will be a permanent ordinance forever. I don't understand what that means. Does that mean we'll celebrate Yom Kippur in God's kingdom? I don't know. But it's very clear in verse 32 that there will be a priest always ministering to bring about atonement. And it says specifically, he will wear the holy garments and everybody will know who this guy is that's making atonement. So as we come, I pray that if there's anything that is not right with you, that you would tell the Lord. And if you have something against your brother, as we mentioned earlier, it'd be something you'd look to be reconciled. Father, as we come before you on Yom Kippur, we pray for your holy reconciliation to take place in us and through us. As John read at the end, from him, through him, to him, to God be glory forever and ever. And Lord, that is so true and so fitting. Help us to be united more fully with you during the season of Yom Kippur. Help us to receive and take up the forgiveness, learning to shed off the guilt and the shame at times that we feel. And help us to fully embrace the atonement, the reconciliation you have for us. 
We ask all these things in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen.